This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, this one is a little cracker. I got asked to go down to the Cork Podcast Festival. Uh, in Cork, obviously, in Ireland, and uh, they put me up in the Kino Theatre. Uh, it was a lovely little gaff, lovely little spot. I'll definitely go again. And uh, a load of fucking Cork people came out to listen. I was amazed. I was like, this many people in Cork listen to my show? This is amazing. Uh, I asked, where's everyone from? They're all like, Cork, you're in Cork. What did you expect? Like, um, So I was very happy to see you all come out. Thanks so much. Uh, this one we were talking about, I guess, what, what would you call it? Um, subjective terms, subjective information. Uh, information that makes you feel stuff rather than what facts are. Uh, Greta was blowing up the fucking telly at the time. This is in October. Blowing the fucking place up. So we talked a bit about her and what she, what her deal is. Uh, we talked about uh, what it means to actually be a Nazi. Uh, we talked a little bit about free speech, which is not my new horn at the moment, but it's definitely something that um, is going to be occurring in conversation again and again. Over the next year or two, the digital platforms are all f- squeezing us like some big anaconda made out of money. And, um, you know, we're we're powering through. We're making some shit happen. Those conspiracy guys is growing strength to strength. And uh, there's going to be loads more live shows like this in the future. Unfortunately, I was supposed to interview somebody for this and they had to pull out at the last minute. I'm going to be doing loads more live shows in 2020. Going to be getting loads more awesome guests, including Vera, who was supposed to be on this one. I, I definitely do want to interview her and hear her story. But this turned out great. Uh, they put us up in a really nice hotel, the Cork Podcast Festival, the people at The Good Room, uh, Ed and Joe and all these people. Really, really good people. Thanks so much for that. And um, I'm sure I'll do it again next year, hopefully, in a bigger place. Uh so yeah, this is the, the Cork Podcast Festival live episode. This was available to Patreon people for the last couple of weeks. And I'm putting it up on the public feed now so you guys can hear it and hear what you missed and maybe come out to the next live one because the live shows are good banter. I want to make these available for everybody um, at some point, but the Patreon people get them early. So if you want to get early stuff in the future, patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. If you've, if, if you've enjoyed the show over the year, lob us a few bob for Christmas. I'd appreciate it. Uh, this is how it all works over here. And uh, some great news coming for 2020. Can't wait. I'm going to dump all these on you. <laughs> all in the space of a couple of days. There's about six episodes now. Dropped in December that you can go listen to. To get you over the holidays. Long drives and shit. Getting home for Christmas. Chris Rea job. So um, enjoy this live show. And uh, new episodes coming very soon. Hitler, Roswell, JFK. Crypto, Zoology, and NSA. 
Hello. What's the crack? You can clap, you can clap. How's it going? Come on. How are you? What's going on? Jeez, lads, because we're all sitting there like it was fucking mass, waiting for something to happen. How are you keeping? Good. Good. Everyone usually say, woo, but yeah, good is good. It's a very specific answer. Uh, I was talking to some people. Uh, there's some, a, a girl here from Monaghan, even, Chloe. The front, she's like, I came down on the bus, hey. No, you're, you. and uh, Dean is from Dublin. Who, who else have we got? Like, who's the furthest away person from, from here? So this is not an easy place to get to. Who's the, who, who, who would claim to, are you all from Cork? Yeah. Uh, really? Wow, I didn't know there was that many people in <laughs> Cork that listen to the show. This is cool. Um, so yeah, this is part of the Cork Podcast Festival, as you probably know. Uh, I'd like to say thanks to Joe and Ed and Keith and Keelan from the, the venue here, uh, Kino. It's, it's beautiful, right? Yeah, it's class. And uh, so my, I, I was in it last night. I was like, fuck, this is fancy. <laughs> How am I going to? This is what? And um, I'd like to say thanks to Claire as well, my girlfriend. She's um, been a, 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 an unyielding support to me in these past few years. And, and it's her birthday on Monday. And I just want to give her, everybody, give her a round of applause just to say thanks for me. So happy birthday, Claire. And. Uh, I'm going to get a fucking box the head for that one. Um, so yeah, this show, I was supposed to have, I don't want to tell tales outside the school, I was supposed to have, if anyone saw on social media, Vera Toomey was supposed to come and we're going to have a chat. But um, online people decided to be nasty and then uh, Vera has now cancelled all of her public uh, appearances and I went, that's fucking bullshit. So then I was talking to the lads from the UCC uh, Free Speech Society in, in response to that, to go, no, fuck that. And, um, and then they unfortunately had to cancel me, but for no like, weird reason or anything. And I just had a, a horn for talking about getting uh, censored and having cunts talking shit and making you feel bad about the things in your brain. So I'm going to talk about that for a while. And what I would do is welcome any of you to uh, speak up and we, we'll ask some questions and there's a mic that's going to be passed around. So like maybe four more drinks would be necessary for some people to. <laughs> can I ask before we start, because <clears throat> I can see some pairs of people. One person is smiling and the other person is like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> so who out there, hands up, like school, listens to the podcast? Okay, and hands up then, don't feel victimized or singled out. I nearly said fingered out. I don't know where my brain is going. Don't feel fingered out. Put up your hand if you haven't ever heard the podcast before. Okay, get out. No, I don't listen. <laughs> so you've been dragged along here by a, a friend or a loved one or a lover or a potential lover, a future lover, maybe. Um, maybe on the promise of some kind of sexual reparation or maybe a housework voucher or something like that. Um, I don't know if you, yeah, if you haven't listened to the show, like we talk some shit. And you might hear some stuff that you might not like, but don't feel afraid like you can't, you know, speak up or take the mic and ask questions. The lights are moving around here like the fucking Misterons, and it's, um, they're going to me eyeballs. Um, so yeah, I, like, <laughs> with the lads cancelling me, I wanted to make a, a show where I'd be able to just um, talk with you, uh, not at you. And you know, I, I understand that a lot of you sit in possibly darkened rooms. Um, according to the squeaks I got off the girls in the back, when I said hello to them outside, which is the first time I've ever made uh, a girl squeak by just saying hello. <laughs> We're walking along. It's like, how are you girls? 
it's like, okay, let's see what happens. Um, if uh, if uh, you want to you want to speak up, please do. Uh, uh, you know, don't feel like people are judging you like that. It will be released on the podcast, so hundreds of thousands of people are going to listen. I'm only messing. Um, but yeah, no, do speak up. So I wanted to make this show kind of um, interactive to find out what you think about what's going on out in the culture war. I don't know if that's what interests you, if that's what you expected when you came here. But it's something that's like deep in, in I think, conspiracy lore. So you guys all like the show because we talk about shit like not in a traditional way. We're looking at both sides of something. We're taking something apart and digging right down into his guts and trying to find out why it is the way it is. And I'm absolutely befuddled by how the internet does be operating these days. How, I guess you've listened to the cultural Marxism argument. Sorry, the cultural Marxism episode. Um, how that <laughs> panned out to turn into a fucking row. And I, I promised myself that I wouldn't talk about cultural Marxism. Um, but it seems just to be rising its head up the whole time, where uh, social justice warriors and people online feel empowered to, you know, fuck people off because of the things that they say. So has anybody here ever had a situation where they got, like, spanked on Twitter, where they said some shit on Twitter, and Twitter went, no, you have to go to ball by jail for like seven days. Has anybody, has that ever happened to anybody here? I don't believe that nobody has had that happen. There's a lot of straight white men in the room. I do not believe you. Where, where, okay, this lady here. Can we get a microphone to this lady, please? Just talk into it. Don't hold it too close to your mouth and don't shake it like this. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi. I'm a bit busy, actually, Ashley, at oh, the moment. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to talk to you after. Um, so what did you put so up on Twitter? It was on Twitter, and um, basically, I don't know if you've heard of blackface. That this Excuse thing, me? Yeah. <laughs> Is this just like a fake tan for night out that went wrong, or what's no, going on? No, exactly. So basically, I wear fake tan all the time. Okay. And um, there was this trend on Twitter where basically um, black women were giving out to white women for wearing fake tan and saying that, like, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous and that you're... You're appropriating my sunshine. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, well, no, that's, I don't agree with that. And I replied to this black woman and I said, look, like I know black women that have bleached their skin to be whiter. So I was like, how is that any different? And Jesus Christ, the whole community. In fairness though, oh, yikes, actually, Jesus. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> like, you not alone. <laughs> like. Yeah, and I got attacked and I had to block those people because I wasn't like able for the attack that I got. But I was just so like, you abuse a black woman online and then you wouldn't talk to all of her friends. <laughs> I'm just reading how I see it, Ashley. Like, no. I just wanted to say that I don't think it's blackface if you want to be tans. Like, how is that offensive? It's not offensive. Just like a white lad having dreads doesn't say I'm I think I'm black. It just says I love drugs. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not. And yet you saw there was a video of a, a girl in college come up to a lad and was pulling on his dreads and tried to cut him off and everything going, you're appropriate in my culture. And he's like, you're pulling my fucking hair. <laughs> Do you know? So these, these, these types of situations where you get caught, like you tried to make a point and Twitter obviously sided with. Oh, they ate me. They yeah. absolutely ate me. Yeah. Like savages. Savages? That's I Mr. Black, you can't say that, man. That's not cool to call black people savages, actually. <laughs> oh, Do you know what I mean? It's fucking, it's a minefield. Um, oh anybody God, else, so anybody sure. else that got, got, did you actually get kicked off Twitter? Anybody get like punished 
put in Twitter jail. There's people looking at each other going, will I tell the story? <laughs> no, nobody else got kicked off Twitter. You're all so good and well behaved. Like, <clears throat> I say some shit on Twitter and I, I, I've got like put off sometimes. I, I'm actually banned on Facebook at the moment from liking or posting on my personal Facebook for a reason I cannot figure out. And I emailed them and they're like, no, if you don't know, we won't tell you. And I'm like, does Facebook have the menopause? What the fuck is going on with your attitude? Like, this is bullshit. So um, I'm, I also got banned on Twitter when we were away. Uh, we were, I, I was in, um, I think we were in Amsterdam at the time. And I said some shit and I called somebody a retard. But in fairness, they were really acting like a retard. And I was like, no. And now that's the R word and you can't, Say that stuff, and uh, we, uh, Claire and I are rewatching uh, in anticipation of the new uh, uh, season, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So have you seen now that they're trying to tear down Always Sunny by going back into their old episodes and go like, they're wearing blackface, they're you know, making fun of special needs people, they're doing all this stuff, and you're like, that's the point. <laughs> that's the point, they're not making fun of it. The people are unreliable narrators. There's certain systems within the show that protects the stuff that they talk about, the stuff that they say and portray. Like, there's nobody that's, you know, watching that. Uh, there's no, like, black person watching that going, I, I want to report them or I want to, I want to sue them for Lethal Weapon 5, where Mac blacks up and then they swap over because he wasn't doing it well. I, you do over the shit. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't doing it well enough. Do you know? There's a point to all of that stuff. There's a point to this um, conversation. And I think as we go along through this, there's a, there's a control over the conversation. People want to control what other people are listening to. And they want to stop people that are disagreeing with them. And there's this magical confluence of social media, societal action and inaction, the political attitudes, and what we're being taught through mainstream media, movies and television, and podcasts. Um, that has con like converged on this, uh, this like perfect storm of social justice, where there's people who have an idea, and if somebody disagrees with that idea, they now have the cultural capital to be able to silence the opposition. And at no other time in human history, apart from Nazi Germany in the 40s, at no other time in history has that been possible to be able to like, or maybe in like Salem, Massachusetts in the 1400s, Nazi Germany in the 40s, and like Cork in 2019, that you can say some shit and some motherfucker will be like, yeah, like, and you're, that's your, you lose your job, you lose your fucking, you know, your, your means of income, like you're fucked by a tweet. There's people in England, I was in London on Sunday, Watching me fucking P's and Q's, by the way. Uh, because 3,300 people uh, were arrested for hate speech on social media in the UK in 2018. And I learned that from our last podcast guest, Konstantin Kissin, who's a, a, a Russian-Jewish, uh, good mix, Russian-Jewish uh, comedian living in London. And he, he, he's like, you know, put up with flack. And he told me 3,300 people arrested. Like, that's bananas. Can you imagine if people were arrested for the shit they put on Twitter in Ireland? Do you know what I mean? And uh, you've all heard of Count Dankula, the guy who taught his, his pug dog to Nazi salute. <laughs> like, that's fucking... Young he, as well, Madeleine McCann. <laughs> <laughs> like. 
Oh, right. yeah, Madeline, Madeline McCann. Yeah, yeah. She, she didn't die, she just disappeared. We don't know where she went. <laughs> You're talking about Sweepy Face. Oh, sweepy face yeah, so there's a woman who put up some stuff. But in fairness, she was like abusing the McCanns, and then a fella from Sky One came and doorstepped her. I was like, come here, uh, are you saying all some shit to the McCanns? And she was like, bleh, and went off to a hotel room and hung herself. Uh, worst case of suicide anyone's ever seen. But, like, there are these people that are, you know, uh, uh, their feet are put to the fire over words that they say online. And that's not really, that hasn't really happened before, like, has it? Can you remember any times when that's really happened before? Like the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, which is like the Jewish speech police. Like, they, uh, they were getting at lads who were denying the Holocaust. Like, you've all listened to the Holocaust denial episode. And they were like arresting people and prosecuting people for saying that it didn't happen. And I mean, you heard the episode, probably happened, more than likely, <laughs> right? But to say that it didn't, or even to question the motives of like Israel now in the mainstream media is like verboten. Like you can't, you're not allowed to say, why is the Israelis telling the Palestinians to fuck off where they don't come from? And you can't say that in the news or whatever, right? So. Finishing up on talking about the Israelis and then like going to this slide is probably not the best thing. <laughs> you know, a little bit in between. So like, um, it just it just smacks of unfairness to me that um, such a small amount of people with such a very distinct and partisan ideology can ha can now have so much power, and with all of our conspiratorial minds, we all know that there's more than just people's hurt feelings at stake here. There's more than just fucking, oh, he said the thing and I'm that thing and I don't want him to say it because he's not that thing, but because I am, I can say it all I want. That's super one-dimensional. There are many more levels and we talk about it um, now. So, the idea of punching a Nazi, right? As we see Steve Rogers doing here. So to punch a Nazi, you've all heard about that? You've all seen uh, Richard Spencer getting, a, getting bopped in the face during an interview online. I'm feeling, I'm feeling you guys are like, where the fuck is this going? <laughs> is this, <laughs> there's like a, a red and white thing. It's like, okay, they're passing around a clipboard now and you can sign up to the party. Um, there's a party after, it's eight, eight o'clock. Party. Nazi <clears throat> uh, party. No, punching a Nazi is like an acceptable form of social violence. So if somebody's saying some shit that's Nazi stuff, you're totally allowed to give them a smack in the head. Is that, is that, is that okay with everybody here? Do, do you agree or do you disagree? And if you disagree, why? Because, yes. Okay, yes sir. Because who decides what's Nazi? There you this go. is the problem. This is the new religion. Yeah. And we're all born. That's like four sin. slides later, man. You need yeah. to slow it down, slow it down. But thanks. <laughs> and we'll get you, I'll give you a few, Bob. Um, yeah, it is. Like, who decides there's a slippery slope into the definition of Nazism? So if you take, like, the, the, the dictionary version, uh, um, Nazism is, uh, oh, hello, credit Turnberg. <laughs> Nazism is um, basically, yeah, I know. It's a whole show. Um, so Nazism is like uh, the, the strict uh, enforcement of an ideology based on otherness or based on difference, based on control of economy 
and of uh, society, right? Strict control. And if you take what, what people mean when they say like punch a Nazi and they're calling people fascist, what they mean by punch a Nazi is like punch a fascist. So they're thinking that the people, like the right-wing people, the conservative people, the religious people on the right, they're fascist because they want to control everybody to their ideology. So they're therefore fascists. But it seems as we go along, and in the last three years since Trump was elected, that the right seems to be, in my opinion, online and in real life, uh, a little bit more kind of center. And then the left has gone like, like way, like super extreme to the point of like reporting people online and you can't say anything and getting people fired. So um, Nazis are traditionally fanatically dedicated to their cause. They wear the uniform all the time. They're doing the fucking this one, which you'll get a 900 euro fine if you do in Germany, by the way. We were in Munich talking to a, a, a lad who's an expert in Hitler's and all the kind of stuff. And, he, and I was messing in the park. I was like, what, 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 oh, oh, oh. He's like, don't do it, man. They'll find you 900 euro if you throw the hand up. Can you imagine that shit? I'm not going to do it now. There was a photographer there. And I know that he'd just be like, <laughs> that's the shit they'll get on the examiner. So, um, <laughs> so if, you, if you don't like what somebody's saying, you label them a Nazi. And then they're fair game for smacks in the face or for getting fired from their job, or, you know, just general slander. I think it's really unfair. And I think that they're also reducing the power of the word Nazi. Because if you're calling a lad skipping you in Starbucks in the queue, you fucking Nazi. Like, it's totally... Do you remember what they did? That's not... You know, I know they like lining up and stuff like that, but, like, <laughs> this is not cool. Um, there's a, 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 there's a conflation between uh, fascism and populism. So the fascists in the 40s that they're going, oh, you Nazis, those guys, the real Nazis, were populist. And we had a populist movement in America where everybody started to follow Trump, and Trump appealed to the lowest common denominator. He got down to the people. Uh, I know he didn't win the popular vote, but I still beat her, okay? I'm still the president, nothing can do. <laughs> and this populism, populist, populism, that, was, that kept on getting said in the news. And little did we know that it was like a conflation between Hitler's Nazi Germany and Donald Trump's America. We also talked with uh, Kevin Long uh, in Munich about how Hitler came to power in Germany, where he basically walked into what was already a fairly established national socialist political party and just went, Oh, yeah, I can see some improvements I can make here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need taller chairs, less Jews. Yeah, this is great. And he took it over within two years. A young lad of like in his early 20s, just like, yeah, I can see this potential here. Mm -hmm. And turned it into this populist movement that was able to encourage and grow and embolden a working class of people that felt left out by their government, that felt absolutely disenfranchised by their lifestyle and the thing that they'd grown up with. Everything they'd worked for was just like taken away by the World War and then by the, the, the various treaties that removed their uh, economic growth possibilities. So these people are fucked off big time. And they're like, no, you know what? I want to, I want to wade in with somebody who's going to do right by me. 
who's going to work for me, who's going to do stuff that, that I value. And when you hear like, you know, Hillary Clinton was going on about the TPP and about all of these trade agreements and we're going to, you know, let's, let's all like join together. And a lot of people are going, oh yeah, one world government and she's a fucking lizard person. But a lot of other people were going like, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I don't understand what she's talking about. What? And then Donald Trump was coming out using super simple, super simple language. He was talking to the people going, you hungry, money, no money, get money, food, no hungry, tremendous. Like that's, and everyone was like, where do I vote? That is exactly it, right? So like, I, I, can, I can understand the comparisons between, whoa, I can understand that, this is pure vodka. I can understand the comparisons between Hitler and Trump. I can understand that. But it's absolutely manufactured and fabricated. There's no, there's no factual base with how the two of them are conflated. Do you know what I mean? And what the mainstream media are doing is utilizing what's called a Hegelian dialectic, which is a problem-reaction-solution. So they're creating a problem, which is, fucking Nazis everywhere, lads. And the reaction is, Nazis! And then the solution is, yeah, just give them a, a, a box. And everyone's like, yeah, I can live with that. And then you have people going out, taking it upon themselves now. I don't know how many of you guys live on YouTube and you're watching all the, YouTube, but you're watching these videos of uh, just like people dressed in black with masks going out into the streets of Portland and going, yeah, no, you can't drive here today. No, turn around. And the police can't do anything. The fucking people that are walking or driving, they're like, and like they can't do anything. And who's stopping these people? So who does that sound like? We're a bunch of people who are fanatically dedicated. They wear a black uniform. They don't adhere to a, a, you know, a government-organized uh, rule of law. They take it upon themselves to make marches and make protests. And they go around punching people because they disagree with them. At the very least, sometimes they throw like liquid cement laden milkshakes at people and be like, now, try and be not blind. Like, that's fucking bananas talk. They're, they seem to me like the Nazis. Crickets. Is this, is this, are you, like you're all like, fuck, it's like, it's half six on a Saturday. This is, I was planning on going out and like having a few scoops and a dance. We'd just be like, the fucking Hegelian dialectic, man. This is. Barman, I have a problem. The reaction is, you get me a drink. Solution is, I'd be fucking hammered. <laughs> Has anybody got, like, do you, do you agree or disagree? Or who, who, who thinks stuff about that? Let's move to this so it's not shiny in my eyes. Who, who thinks stuff about that? Has anyone got an opinion on that? Is that? Am I talking shite? Does it seem real? You can disagree. It's okay. Or agree if you want to. Nobody taking a cork. You're all like, no, go, go ahead, bye. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Go on. No need for, you know what I mean? Uh, nobody wants to talk about it? Yes, sir, do it. Are we turned on? Oh. <laughs> Your oh. girlfriend set me up there. Um. Did she try and put it in the other end? <laughs> she tries to do that sometimes. It's a trick. Yeah, um, I'd just say I've had experience personally with the people you're um, talking about from um, like just back home in university events and stuff because I'm quite political um okay i've been called what's racist. your name first uh, kishan 
Chris Shannon, where are you from, boss? Uh, London. Cool. So I'm here for one year um, at UCC. So when I asked earlier on, is anyone here I, from further Cork away is to Monaghan? my home for one you year. You were fucking like... When you were like, is everyone I'm from Cork? I'm, I'm a Cork man for one year. So. All right, all right. Um, he's like, I flicked this on and he's like, I'm not saying that until he starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. But um, like, I've been called a racist by those people you've been talking mm. about. And um, you were talking about Nazis and stuff. And... When my family came to England in the 70s, they were, my dad was chased by, you know, actual Nazis, proper yeah. skinheads. And to conflate those sort of people with, you know, someone says, oh, I may not agree with this person, but we should hear him out or we should talk to them and debate them. And they're called a Nazi. For me, it kind of deflates the actual problem of racism because they're nowhere near as bad as those real people who do want to go out and you know, hurt ethnic minorities or do feel like they're lesser of a human being. And that's what, because I used to be very left-wing, very liberal, and that sort of free speech, like calling everyone racist, it sort of demeans the actual word and the meaning of the word. So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said. And it's growing more and more now, like, that people are, it's not all about, like, a white ethno state. Like, it's not, you don't have to be a Nazi, you don't have to wear, like, tall Doc Martens and shave your head. And like, you know, uh, going around bashing like black people or gypsies or Jews or whatever. These guys are going, I disagree with the fact that you think this thing and you're like, you're a Nazi. And it kind of devalues what happened to your parents a little bit. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yet it's still allowed. It's still on mainstream media. It's still in the news. And those kind of terms, like we talked, this man, oh, sorry, boss, you with the beard answered earlier on? Collie. Uh, Collie said that it's a slippery slope. Like, we're slipping into that thing where it's just totally acceptable. Like, they're accepting that, and we forget what it was like before. And there's also a conjuring of, like, the conflation between people who actually did bad stuff, and you're like, oh, they're Nazi. I know what Nazis were. I went to school. So, you know, it's a weird... Um, it's a weird this is a comedy show, though, by the way, so you can... It's okay. We're getting... It. Okay, so there's also, from the other side... Get up. Hey, yo. There's also from the other side, another side of propaganda where they're also conjuring up, like that point that I just made where it's like these lads dress in black and they act like fascists. So they're also conjuring up this kind of stuff, which is, I don't know if you see, uh, on, the, on this side here we have Greta Thunberg, and uh, here's just some random German girl. Um, You've stolen my youth! Bye! Like she could be, it's close. I should be at home in school! In y'all, like it's pretty close. We could overdub it and go viral. Um, so yeah, like like there's a, there's an atmosphere of fear now being put into people by those people. Uh, Greta is the poster child of this thing, and do you say anything about her online? She's a protected person in the fact that she's underage, in the fact that she's a girl, and in the fact that she has an autism spectrum disorder of some type. And she's also self-confessed depressive. Uh, she, a, b a bunch of other, uh, uh, you know, mental disorders that she has confessed to. And yet when a man on the news goes, yeah, that Swedish girl with all the mental disorders, he gets fired from his job because he said the word mental disorders when she herself classified her, her condition as having mental disorder, like those two words, he quoted verbatim. Like it's, it's bananas how protected <clears throat> a celebrity would be, and she was chosen specifically for that, I believe, because it's unimpeachable 
subjective fact that she comes out and says this stuff, you know? Um, there is a lot of shit coming her way that's a little bit unnecessary, I feel. You know, a little bit. She's only a young one, lads. Fucking relax. You know it's not her doing this shit. She's not sitting at home going, <clears throat> how am I going to fuck with Donald Trump today? Like, it's not. She's been told what to say. She's given a speech. They fucking, like, pull the small hairs at the back of her neck to make her cry. And then she goes out and she's like, you've stolen my youth and my neck is sore. Like, it's not. I don't feel that she's uh, using her own autonomous voice in this thing. And a lot of people feel that way as well. And I think it's just because we're in the conspiracy world that, and I say we, because we're all in it, you know, looking at stuff going, that doesn't fucking, that doesn't look right, man. There's something not, not right there. And apart from the personal attacks on her, I think that her as a, as a, a, a demographic icon, as a 16-year-old girl, is empowering younger people to take that action that the powers that be or whoever's behind her want to take. They're saying, she's 16, she traveled all the way from Sweden, you can fucking do it too, walk out of school, let's, let's do this shit. Now anybody here that can remember years ago, I think in 2000, there was a walkout for the leave inserts here, did you take part in that? Did you take part in that? Yeah, I did. I was all like, fucking, fucking school books, let's go. Down the park, smoking fags, protesting. Do you know? That's all we did as far as like, get the fuck out of Dodge. And a lot of these people are like, yeah, are you going? Are you going? I don't know. Are you going? I don't know. We're going to get in trouble. Ooh, it's on the news. Let's go. Like, that's the fucking crack. And it, it looked, it looked, the optics, the optics, you hear me? The optics were really good for the mainstream media, flying fucking drones over thousands of kids, just far enough away not to see the bottles of Bookfast. And it was just like, you know, look how many thousands of people have come out in support of Greta Thunberg and her anti-globalist environmental agenda. Like, it's, it's sickening how many people, 20 and under, are walking around with the genuine belief in their head that the world is gonna be over in 12 years. Do you know what I mean? They're telling those kids, man, there's 13 year olds going, Mommy, the one with the pigtails on the telly said that the world's gonna be over in 12 years. Why am I doing a junior cert at all? <laughs> Do you know? Is that not, like, I can see how the alarmist uh, environmental agenda needs a little bit of a, do you know, Problem, reaction, solution. So the problem is global warming. The reaction, and they're telling people, they're scaring people. They're scaring kids now. And if you're 12 and you're told like, this is the fucking, this shit, you're gonna believe that. Your teacher's telling you stuff, you're like, yeah, I believe that. Until you're like 19 and you're reading online, you're like, my God, I can't, I can't believe that's not true. Do you know that Michael Jackson was black after all? Like it's, it's, they're telling small kids that the fucking world is going to be over in 12 years. Sincerely, on the news, on interviews, TV stations, it's in movies, like it's, it's, it's there. And that's absolute like fear mongering propaganda. Think about the long term effects of that shit. What's that going to do to a 12 year old now if, if they're told like by the time you're 20, it's going to be Mad Max out there. We're all going to be, it's going to be like the girl from tomorrow where your man comes back in a time machine from 2500 looking for water. Do you know, dirt, just real dirty. And he's just like, have you got any Billy Gowan? Like it's, you know, 
I suck your dick for some water, man. Like, is this, is that, is that going to be the world we live in? Do you know, really dry ejaculations as well. It's like, it's totally fine. Just like dusty. Because <laughs> nobody's drinking any water. That's why. Um, like you're being told that, like that, that's like how, how disaffected would you end up having a, <laughs> a population of people totally like, yeah, fuck it. When I'm 15, I'm just going to just go be a hobo. I'm going to do a load of drugs. I'm going to just do whatever the fuck I want. It's, it's emboldening like anarchy and nihilism. Because what's the point if the world is going to be over? Right now, 2019, it's like, yeah, we can do something. And then when <laughs> they protest for two whole years and then they're 14 and hormones are running up and down the legs of their trousers and they're not seeing governments or, or countries or anything doing anything, they're going to be like, oh, there's 10 years left. Just fucking put on my steel toe cap boots. Like, they're creating, they're creating a monster there. Tell them all about it, the conspiracy guys. I'm just a silent agreement, but people are afraid to go like, yeah, this is being recorded. I'm not. I'm in work on Monday. Yes. Um, like kind of agree and like disagree. Like okay, for myself, like I'm in my late 20s and because of everything on the news, I have genuinely debated like what's the point of me having kids? Like and it's like such an extreme decision going here. Like what's the point if there, there's no future for them? And do I adopt? And things like that have crossed my mind genuinely. And I'm like, well, I'm a human being. I'm going to have kids. It's normal. But then on the other side, you see like Bernie Sanders, his like in his uh, like presidential run, he was saying that he has a plan to mass exodus of moving people out of Manhattan Island over the next like 10 years or so that like enforcing that plan. So you're kind of going, it's it's a lot more parts in play and like. Like what um, parts do you think? I'm not going to feed you the yeah, line. No, no. But what do you think is out there? Have you listened to the show loads? A uh, good bit, yeah. A good bit. So you thought we talked about like. In the Georgia Guidestones episode, we talked about like depopulation and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Any of those kind of things like come to mind? Um, like, uh, not really, no. <laughs> do you not think, do you not think, and I was talking with Claire about this as well, which, there's a bunch of these TV shows, this is not on the notes by the way, free ball, and there we go. I was watching a bunch of these TV shows, right, and there's loads of shows about like, isn't it fucking hard having babies? Oh, I hate it. It's like, I can't go anywhere and it's shit and like babies, my fanny and my tits are long and oh I mean, mother-in-law's a cunt and everything is shit and have no money. There's like eight shows on Netflix right now like that, where it's just like having babies is no crack. And that's like that subtle psychological, you know, you're watching that going, yeah, I'll hang on for another, another two years. Like it's five, six, count my eggs, seven, eight, nine. You know, like it's a big yeah. grand. And then you're saying that you're trying to go like, I'm not going to have babies because it's good for the environment. Or maybe I'd be bringing kids into a world where it's like, where's the fucking water? Like, you're afraid for your yet to be. Like African countries where people could have 15 kids and even in Ireland yeah. 50 years ago and then places in Germany and Japan now where they can't even keep up. The population isn't being replaced because people are having no kids or one kid. So and, it's just slowly going And Germany, uh, uh, Germany, Italy. Japan, yeah. like in Italy and Japan, and I don't know about Germany, but in Italy and Japan, they have three days a year, national holiday, where you get to be paid to go home from work and ride your missus <laughs> with like no johnnies to make more babies. And there's a paid incentive for fucking throwing ropes, <laughs> which is my new term for ejaculating, by the way. <laughs> I was calling it throwing ropes or throwing shoelaces. I think ropes sounds like it's nicer. So like in, they send lads home in Italy, they're all like, 
Salvatore, go home and you know what I mean. To have more babies because they're fucking depopulating. Their population pyramid is upside down. Yeah. And at the same time, they're going, okay, well, there's lads. You were saying in uh, African countries and in Ireland 50 years ago, they were having 10, 12, 15 kids. A third of them probably wouldn't survive most yeah. of the time. And so you're left with 10 kids. The commonality of all of those types of families are they're poor as shit. Yeah. They're poor as shit. And then the richer and more affluent the families got, the less children they had. But the higher the standard of living went for those kids. So, like, there's loads of uh, uh, third world. I, I, I kind of don't like using third world anymore because it doesn't really apply. But, like, developing nations, uh, migrants who are economic migrants that are coming into Europe. And these open door policies are allowing them to come in. It's probably not a great image to have when I'm talking about this on the stage, I'm just realizing. But like they're coming in, and then Germany's like, welcome, sorry about all this shit we did. Pick a, pick a spot, any way you like. And, and they're the ones that are going to replace the lower classes that aren't traditionally banging out half a dozen babies. And nobody's, uh, you know, nobody's saying anything about that, or they're not noticing that that's happening, and they're saying multiculturalism is a great thing. I'm not arguing that point right now. It's just funny that you're saying that with regards to population. Like, people are complaining of climate anxiety. There's kids now that are, like, freaking out, and they have no idea about population growth, or, or you know, older people are living longer, they're staying in the houses, and they're not dying and giving us the houses like they were supposed to. <laughs> And then we all have to, you know, live in rented accommodation. And it's, you know, a totally displaced, uh, uh, the, the society has gone like non-linear, not the way it's supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? So like, you're not having, you're, you're thinking, I'm not having kids because I'm not having like a Mad Max baby. Yeah. Is that it? Is that the reason? Not even like that, but it's just like. Don't mean to be asking about your, your yeah. reproductive future. It's like, how's the womb? Is it warm? Is it nice? Is it soft? Only. How are you getting, how's it? But, uh, like, it's a. Uh, Mild, mild old womb. But it's that it's like you said the the anxiety about it, where it's this this created almost you could say false anxiety that's built up that you got to go that these questions are being asked mm. that they wouldn't have been asked ten years ago. And I am completely for like no like uh, like procedures to stop climate change. But I think there's a Same. lot of there's a lot of hype around it where it's creating a lot more anxiety than there should be like. And there should Individual. be. There's fucking cons gluing themselves to the road, like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Stop using plastics. Stop using glue. <laughs> you fucking clown. But what they're doing is they're playing. They're playing like logical chess between this new world and old world. So they're saying like we uh, and people like Greta Thunberg, like the the the, the opposition to her is it's kind of uh, like ad hominem attacks and it's kind of. It's unfair shit. Like she's, you know, she's a young one. She's not going to get everything right. And yet the power of the mainstream media is behind her. And they're saying, like, well, man, she's a fucking public figure. She's fair game. And you're like, there's a bit of tact there that you should kind of have when you're commenting about it. Like attack the idea, not the person. And they go into these ad hominem attacks about um, Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, being like flying around talking about using his Oscar speeches to talk about uh, uh, climate change. And flying around on private jets the whole time. And you're like, yeah, your carbon footprint is up in the sky, man. Like, why do you practice what you preach? And they're harping on about this hypocrisy when no one's really, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a tit for tat thing that's going on that's not really valuable to anybody. There's no valuable conversation. So there's lads gluing themselves to the street in London and then there's other people going, who the fuck is staying to them? 
like that. It's glued to the road, do you know? Um, there's also a kind of a false narrative. If anyone is, did it get dark in here? Did I have a stroke? It got a little bit darker? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so th there's also like a, 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 some falsehoods, you know, in the, in, the, in the anthropogenic climate change argument that in my research for the global warming episode, I was like, that's fucking totally obvious, man. Like it was, it was, uh, it was global cooling first, and then it was global warming, and then it was climate change, and a few other bits of things in between. But like, the, like they keep on saying the science is settled, the science is settled. Like global warming is a real thing, the science is settled. So if the science is settled, why are there still loads of you know, pro-climate change scientists getting paid loads of money to do all these studies? Just stop doing the studies and stop getting a wage then. They're like, no, 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 we keep going now just to make sure. Like it's, it's such a fucking hypocritical industry of, you know, this problem reaction solution. Like we create a false problem so we get a, a few bob out of a few research papers, do you know? And there's stuff like uh, veganism. That seems to be some kind of weird cult now. You can't even say anything bad against it. Uh, you know, even not eating meat. Like I'm not eating meat, saving the planet, not eating meat. It's just fucking sanctimonious fucking cardiology, man. Do you know what I mean? Like less than a half of a half of 1% of any of the global emissions comes from like beef production. And then in our peak oil episode, we found out that 80% of all petroleum consumption in the US is transporting vegetables from one side of the country to another in trucks. So is eating vegetables like ethical if it's gonna be using a whole lot of diesel? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the, the meeting is land use. Here we go, yeah. The meeting is land use. Land use, sure. Could go on? Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying I know anything about, I'm not saying I'm an expert. If you know more than me, please I tell me. I don't, but I just know that one thing is slightly different the way you said it. It's actually okay. land use that more people are worried about. Uh, plus, veganism is also concerned with people who don't want to treat animals a certain way before they're killed. So it's not just that, Yeah, what you said. Yeah, absolutely, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. um, some people don't like to be cruel to animals that were grown specifically to be made into food. That were grown specifically and then slaughtered horribly. I mean, horribly is some subjective term. Okay, then. but back to the original point, it's actually land use. So that, yeah. I think, is more important than the emissions. So What are we going to use the land for instead of grazing cows? Do you want to take this over? Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's well, all right. Don't feel like I'm, I'm not. I'm not like. Yeah, yeah, no. bitch. It's not. Well, if you imagine what's happening in the Amazon, like, a lot of the Amazon has been cleared away okay. to rear uh, cows for beef. So that's taking away the possibility of the forest actually cleaning the um, the planet, cleaning the the uh, the air, mm -hmm. uh, giving us more oxygen. But it's also about we're losing a lot of the animals that we share the planet with because of this clearing so we're losing biodiversity which is this word that's bounced around a lot but we're just losing other animals that you know share this planet with us yeah. and that all has a knock-on effect to the quality of life that the human species have and that will definitely reduce our quality of life or the quality of life that we've come to you know enjoy here and so somebody it's, somebody it's, cynical it's could say pardon somebody cynical could say some weird species of butterfly in the amazon going extinct doesn't matter to me. This burger is delicious. Uh, somebody cynical, I'm sure, has said that several times. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one animal is, I guess, part of a very complex system. And as, as soon as one disappears way down the food chain, something as small as a butterfly or smaller than that, 
that has a knock-on effect to everything else above it, mm. up to the top species predator, which is the humans. So the, the, if the bottom of the food chain is being knocked away for whatever reason, that absolutely affects everything, every single thing on the way up, right up to ourselves. And maybe there's, there's no real long-term view that anyone can have. Like, you can't know that if... I think, now I'm going to pull the bullshit numbers. I think it's like a couple of hundred species of insect go extinct every week. But they also discover the same amount as well of these new insects. Do you know, like, this biodiversity argument that people are putting out and the land use, especially in the Amazon, like those Amazon fires, what happened to them? Did they stop? Does anyone know? Well, they're still, going. still being fired. They're still going on, yeah. But they're still going on because every year, motherfuckers go out and set fire to shit to make room for Beef. new... Beef. New land that's been uh, uh, fertilized by the, the potash or the burnt uh, materials that they get into the soil and they grow soy to sell to the Chinese market. That's what the majority of the farmland that's being cleared in Bolivia and in Brazil... That's what it's being used for. It's not being used for beef land. It's, it's arable land for we, soy to be We buy to soy from Brazil and a lot of those countries that are burning. We buy it to feed our cows. Yeah. Straight up. It's, the, it's maybe to feed cows, so maybe not eating beef will make them not clear the rainforest to plant soy. Like, where, where does it... But what I'm saying is, where does it stop? Like, that's the thing that's been going on for years. And this year, because Greta's on the warpath, they're like, look at all the fires! Look at all the fires. There was fires last year. There was fires the year before. In 2016, there was bigger fires than there was this year. In 2012, there was bigger fires than there was in 2016. All in different areas of Brazil, Bolivia, uh, Peru. So, like, this year it just became a problem because there's lads gluing themselves to the road. In 2016, it wasn't a problem. It was like, fuck it, Trump. What's this Trump lad? Do you know? It, was, uh, it wasn't important when it was supposed to be important, but it's real handy to jump into it now yeah, because I think, of big I think though, it's just the fact that she's raised, raised a bit of awareness about whatever political yeah. tomfoolery is going on behind her. But we can I agree think, that there is political tomfoolery. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Right. I'm glad she's brought it up because I fucking work in environmentalism and I study this shit. And it's, it is scary. When you're working on the cold front, even in Ireland, the animals I work with yeah. are, are really like disappearing fast. Stuff that used to be common. And, you know, it, it is... Badgers, badgers and otters. And all that good stuff. All yeah, those yeah, lovely yeah. animals. But, like, I mean, it is... The animals it, are farting wood. It, and all it that. is frightening, you know. Um, so I kind of disagree with you on, on some of that stuff. But you can understand, though, that, like, the facts are being muddied. The real figures yeah, 100%, are being muddied from both sides. So there's some people going, like, the cows! And other people are going, the cows, you know? Yeah, it's a political football, and it shouldn't mm, be. Mm. It's our future. And but how many it. lies are being told either side? And from what I've looked into, like, I'm not looking in, I'm not, I haven't looked into it yet for, like, pro-veganism, but I've looked into it for global warming. Anthropogenic climate change is not the problem everybody says it is. So the point that I'm trying to make without getting stuck into the semantics of veganism or land use, right, mm. is that there's a personal responsibility being put on all of us to, like, use paper straws and not eat meat and... Do you know, recycle, when that's not the biggest cause of the issue or the problem. But we're being lumbered with the guilt of the world is burning. The world is not burning. 
It's not burning any more than it has been any other year for the last 60 years. But we're being told this year that it's like crisis. We've 12 years. The clock is ticking. Make decisions. We've lads to put in office next, in 2020 that are going to ride the fucking wave of this like positive regard for people who espouse this kind of stuff that Greta's going on with. Alarmism, muddy numbers, subjective, emotional pleas for personal responsibility. Like, she's coming out on the stage and she's blaming you. Her and her ilk are blaming you for the way the world is now. When really it's not you at all. It's decisions that were made 40 years ago. It was decisions that were made 90 years ago. That has the system the way it is now. But they want you to act and feel guilty. And f There's a pathos there that compels people to act. They're appealing to your emotions with a thing that you kind of can't argue about or argue with or say is wrong publicly, which means that we all don't talk about it amongst ourselves. Similar to like, don't talk about the wages, lads. You're not allowed to talk about your wages. If you start talking about it, we'll have a union problem and it's all, you know. So there's a fucking ideological, uh, you know, wage silence going on here. Yes, sir. Can we get a microphone for that, man? Yes, sir. So, What's your name first? My name is David. Hi, David. In relation to the science, I have to disagree with you. Sure. I, I believe very strongly that the science is settled. And so... So let's stop doing studies and put all those scientists out of business. Absolutely do it and, and let, let the scientists have a discussion. Mm. But if they're going to discuss it, let them discuss it where the scientific thing works well, yeah. you know, at their conferences, in their journals, right? For scientists to get onto TV and make, make those pathos pitches to people that, that, you know, they're not putting their ideas out and letting them be challenged because it is a very small percentage of scientists and uh, as a conspiracy theorist, you know, one could speculate a very small percentage of scientists paid by the oil companies, right? But yeah, it's like four out of five dentists say that this toothpaste is the best. It's like, what about the other lads? Probably worst case of suicide I've ever seen. Do you know what I mean? The big, the big toothpaste lobby. Like, where are these lads then? Why are they not out saying it all day, every day? Why is there not a bigger push? Why are they putting her at the forefront of it? Because it's fucking emotional manipulation. It's pathos. Like, they're, they're using her and her image and her immunity from criticism because of her age and her conditions so that it's an unimpeachable argument. And that's not fair. That's not on. And we just have to accept that shit with all of the other stuff that's going on in the background, like depopulation, like my, uh, migration and the acceptance of, of uh, economic migrants. Like, surely that's not going to be a, a cakewalk for massive metropolitan cities. Look what's not happening in Paris in the last three years with a massive influx of people. They're fucking shitting on the streets, man. So the, the, your suggestion, right, that the environmentalists have, have gone to Stockholm and plucked up this, this young Greta to, to put her at the, the picture girl of it. Interesting one. I don't know if I'll buy into it. Okay. Her, and, and, but even her, if they her did, great grandfather, but just, her great grandfather was the first scientist that came out with the, um, the greenhouse gas theory. Okay. Even if they did, it's not her a bad idea. Her great grandfather came up invented greenhouse gases both of her parents are actors and they're card carrying members of antifa yeah yeah even if they did i is say no, is that i is say that fair not... dues to them because for, okay. for for decades the scientists 
have been doing that kind of stale, here's the numbers, here's the statistics. It influences no one. Mm. So if they found another way to get the message across, that's all right. That's good because it's, it's, it's a message worth getting out there. Sure, but that's like, you know, uh, uh, those Russian protesters that paint like a website across their belly and run out with their tits out in front of Putin. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're getting your thing out. Uh, you're getting your message out there. But like, you're going to get arrested. It's going to be, it's not an ideal uh, mechanism. The people who need to listen to the topics that she's talking about, who need to understand the overall theory of environmental change, let's call it. I don't want to call it climate change. Environmental change, the things that need to be changed to strengthen sustainability on our planet. The way they're doing it, you're fucking splitting society in half, man. And the other half are not going to listen to you because they're already suspicious by the delivery method. Like, it's science is sexy and, you know, this is, uh, you know, emotional manipulation. The people who are already on her side are already on her side. It's not those people that you need to win over. So why do it that way? And, and you know what? I, uh, I don't want to hijack this at all. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Ta ta tactics are open for discussion. Yeah. The, the one thing I, I do want to challenge you on is the idea that the science is not settled. I mean, the science is settled. Okay. okay. So and, the fact and, that CO2 emissions going up and temperatures going down in the late 70s and early 80s when greenhouse gases like CO2 were to blame, like those graphs, they don't, that's not, it's like, like our service says, like, there's, we're not going to get into like the science climate. I've already yeah. done an episode on it, but like, there is questions to be made. There's questions there. The science is not settled. For, for 97% of the climate scientists in the world, it is. And, and then you got to ask who, who pays the other 3%? So in the 2016 uh, presidential election, 97%, the exit polls were saying 97% Hillary, and the lads on CNN were fucking pulling their dicks around on the telly going, oh, it's going to be Hillary, lads! And then four hours later, they're all crying. Do you know what I mean? 97%? The switch since the 70s. The science is not settled. Dean, do you want to get a microphone for Dean there? Please. Go ahead, boss. Yeah, like in the 70s, it was like global cooling. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now it's global warming. Like well, it's, it's, global warming is gone because it's not actually getting warmer. It's climate change. Is yeah, there. well, climate change. Yeah, but it's all the same thing. It's fear mongering. That's all it is. And that's like. my, this is my point. Thanks for putting me back on, Dean. I can give you the phone no, later no, on. No, all right. That's so the job all about, <laughs> It's all about, jeez, thanks God. Fucking hell. I was getting heavy. Me and him were like, oh. So. The, the, the point is, without getting into the fucking semantics of global warming, thank you very much for your input, everybody, by the way. It's uh, propaganda. It's fear. They're making people afraid. They're making kids afraid. And kids are going to be eventually adults with this, like, psychological trauma. And yet, <laughs> the same people who are like, the world is going to end in 12 years! And also, you're not allowed to watch that movie because it's a bit violent. Do you know? doesn't make any fucking... Anyhow, next thing. These are the lads. Extinction Rebellion. Uh, we probably got it all out. Uh, I have some, like, <laughs> stupid little... Uh, there's ad hominem attacks going against these lads. They're gluing themselves to the road. Like, some of the shit... I, <laughs> the other way you get this stuff on YouTube, and it's all, like... Uh, I can only call it right-wing propaganda, I guess. Where they're pulling the piss out of these lads, where they're all dancing, going, like... Bah! Or, like, fucking interpretive dance. <laughs> I am the forest, and I'm on fire. You're like, come on. It's easy to make fun of them, but what they have to say is probably valuable, <laughs> but the, the medium that it's being communicated with is preposterous and ridiculous. 
So how do you bridge the gap? How do you get the people who you actually need on board on board? Because there's no politicians looking at this going, you know what, lads? They're dead right. Nobody's saying that, you know? And then the ad hominem attacks and the ridiculousness going like, these are all supposed to be about environmental change <laughs> and have PVC yoga mats and they're using diesel generators. What a pack of wankers. Like, it, it, it's the wrong, like, it's the wrong way of doing it. And I understand it's difficult and I understand, you know, it won't happen overnight. But the fact that they're using such pathos and they're using such underhanded, emotionally manipulative tactics makes me feel, and we'll talk about feelings in a second, it makes me feel that they're not genuine. There's just the buzz of like, no man, I'm fucking, you, it's, no. You're not staying in my house. So I wake up in the middle of the night with your dick on my lips. That's it. <laughs> We've all been there at house parties. <laughs> Don't lie. Fellas too. Jesus, did I eat chips last night? <laughs> Salty. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to make these people look foolish. Look. <laughs> Do you know? And it doesn't ca aid or cause in any way. Um, Extinction Rebellion has been kind of a laughing stock among the conspiracy people and the, the Twitter people and the, uh, the YouTube crowd because they had like a fucking fire engine and they were trying to spray blood and the thing got, got loose and it sprayed blood all over. It was just silly shit. Like. And they think they're doing something great when actually... There's something in between that we can all do, which is not peddle fear and not make fun of these people and actually talk. But the, the talking is the thing that we're not allowed to do. You're allowed to do that. And then you're allowed to make fucking stupid videos on YouTube saying that they're all stupid cunts. But you can't actually sit down and talk with them because there's a, an absolute ideological divide. You can't talk to them because they won't listen to you. You kind of don't want to listen to them if you're on the side I'm talking about. And that's the thing that needs to change. I mean, do you know? Um, these are the factors where, that's Noam, by the way. These are the factors that they're using, these things. And these are the fucking tools of propaganda, man. In manufacturing consent, uh, Chomsky talks about these five filters that are absolutely in the forefront of modern media discourse, social media discourse today, more so than they ever have been. I think it was written in 1985. So 30, 35 years later, this shit is, uh, and not unlike 1984, the George Orwell book, like those shits, those, those lads were like, I can see it happen, man, I see it happen, man. And today it's never more real. So you have the five filters, so it's concentrated ownership, advertising as revenue, Expert sources, slack, and then the, the manufactured external enemy. And if you listen to the propaganda episode from the start of season five, we talked about it. But this concentrated ownership has now come to a, a, an, un, like an, in, like an, an inhuman crux. Like it's never before could anyone have imagined, even in the darkest realms of science fiction, that we would have a system of communication that's so all invasive, pervasive, and controlling Google, Facebook, Twitter, et al. Like, ne like, could never have imagined that it was happening. Even like Isaac Asimov or Philip K. Dick and all these boys that were like, fucking crazy robots. Like, they were, they were imagining some other shit that would make Elon Musk sweat. But they never could have imagined how totally all-encompassing 
Facebook would be and how willing we would be to just lob our information out into it. Do you know? Google knows everything. It is Skynet. <laughs> the thing that the thing that that you know we all should have feared and we are like yeah but at least i know how to um well, the nicest uh, restaurant in washington street it's totally fine i give up my information for delicious burgers sorry made of meat from cows <laughs> um this concentrated ownership also makes it now kind of impossible to fight against or rail against push back against so if you say anything about Google or YouTube, you're gone. I'm, I'm, I'm heartily on the ground about YouTube on the shows for a while. You guys probably heard it. Uh, I, took a, I took a step like two weeks ago, and I was like, no, I'll fuck them. They're getting ad revenue on my videos. I don't monetize my videos on YouTube. I just had them up there as a place that was handy for people to watch stuff on. And I was getting content strikes. I was getting community guidelines strikes. Can we turn up the lights on the crowd just a little bit because I don't see their faces because I'm just seeing... Blackness is kind of lonely. Um, I was getting com community guidelines strikes. I was getting content strikes. I was getting like, you know, oh, we, we, we scanned through all the words that you said in this thing. We transcribed it and you said this too many times. So now you get a, a thing. And if you get three of them, you're fucking gone, man. And that's your, that's your Gmail account. That's your YouTube channel. And that's all that, all that stuff that you work for. Kaiser Sussex, gone. And they know that. So you don't say shit. So they'll punish you and take away your your personage, they'll deperson you, like in, in an Orwellian dystopia. So you don't say anything. You can't say anything to anybody on Twitter if they're saying, oh, this political ideology, and you're like, no, this thing, and they're like, hate speech, and you're like, you're on. So nobody's willing to gamble. Everyone's self-censoring. And they're using the tool of advertising as income to make sure that if you do transgress, that they'll be able to contact your employer and you'll get sacked because you said that uh, a black girl lightened her skin. It's like, oh, you're fired. Ashley. Do you know? Like, what happens, what happens if they had went after you and found out where you worked and got, went to your work and said, this one's a racist. You want to focus on what she said to me? And then you're sacked and you're on your home, uh, on your hole at home on the dole. And you're like, oh, fucking Twitter. Like, that's what's happening. So the remedy to that or the protection against that is to not say anything, which is exactly what they want. Fonzie. Hey. That's exactly what they want. Being reliant on expert sources means that the people who should be informed, like me, about veganism and environmentalism, I need to learn more. I'm absolutely 100% open to learning more. And maybe my thought processes or my comments about it are from a place of ignorance. Most of the time, if you're wrong, that's probably why. Because <laughs> you're a fucking ignorant cunt. And you didn't read the stuff. But what's happening now is there's a whole movement of not about us without us. You're not allowed to know anything about this thing. It's arms around the copybook. This is our stuff. You're not allowed to know about it because it's about us. And you'll take it away from us. You straight white man, usually. Um, so you're reliant on these expert sources who can then manufacture themselves into whatever they want, make the rules, and using the other, the other elements of this model to protect that so that they can say, I'm this thing, and you can't say anything about that thing. And the way we do stuff is this way, and you can't stop us. And then you're like, oh, fuck. OK, so you're, you just elevated yourself above everyone, and you're beyond recrimination.
Slack is possibly the thing that's used the most, which is piling on on Twitter, you know, uh, uh, taking pictures of people, outing people, cancel culture, looking back through your Twitter page, retweeting, going, oh my God, hashtag yikes. That's flack, and people do not want that shit. That's the reason Viratumi is not here today, is because there's fucking cunts out there going on Twitter, and it's making her like feel real feelings in the real world with real people. And there's someone doing a fucking long shite, sending a, a tweet. And it means that a woman can't leave her house like, because she's upset. Like, that's a fucking real thing. And it's possibly the realest of all of this stuff is that people are out there giving other people shit anonymously for thoughts. And it's the most effective. Because you're not going to fucking fight against it because it's an anonymous enemy. It's like, you know, karate in the dark. Like, you, you're not going to win. And not only are you fighting one-on-one, -on -one, if you were, like, we were here having a, having a chat. I don't only say a fight. We're having a chat. I'm like, you say your thing, I say my thing. I have a microphone. And then you might not at some point, so I win. But, like, we, we're having, a, there's a discourse, right? Dialectic. On Twitter, it's like one person says something. And someone, uh, there's a thing inside people, I think, that it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they don't really believe it, but they'll be like, <laughs> There's a little bit of that, I find, when I'm watching that stuff happening. Where they don't really sincerely, they're not really sincerely offended by that thing. But they'll, they'll pile on. Because it feels good. Because they're like, I'm right. I'm on the right side of history. What the fuck does that mean? I'm on the right side of history. And then the external enemy, of course. Uh, you've heard me talk about Werner von Braun. The op Operation Paperclip Nazi that was saved from Germany. That was the progenitor of the American space race, he was like, they will make enemies. First it was the Nazis, then it was the communists, then it was the terrorists, then it was your neighbor, then it's the aliens. And you're like, ah, you lost me the aliens, man. But the external enemy here is you. You are all individually the external enemy of progress. If you don't agree, if you don't stop eating meat, if you don't vote this way, if you don't report this thing that other people are reporting, if you're, what is it? If you're not with it, you're against. You are the external enemy. They're making you individually not be able to communicate with each other to discover what the fuck is going on. Make you afraid to say anything out loud in case you get your fucking income taken away from you. And then they're making you feel shame and guilt, layering on the pathos like a fat lad trying to make a sandwich, putting the butter on. Smothering it on. That fat lad is me. I love butter. <laughs> Smothering it on. And you're like heavy laden with the weight of the guilt of fucking pick whatever you, climate change, racism, whatever. You are the enemy in your own head. Manufactured by them. That's fucked up. And it works, man. It's absolutely working. Huh? But this is it. But we're, it, it used to be divide and conquer like poor people versus rich people. It used to be like those lads out for Extinction Rebellion. How many of them do you think were out for the Occupy movement? And what the fuck happened with that? Nothing. Nothing. Gone. Memory. 
like, remember that time that we fucking camped out for 11 months outside of the central bank in tents and then they came along one night with a load of trucks that had those grabby things and just took up that whole big thing and fucking smashed up Christy Moore's guitar and all. That was great crack. Because <laughs> that's what happened. I was there that night. And the five trucks rolled in and they went over to the camp and they went, and they put all the tents in the back of a truck and they drove off and four lads came along with a hose and a sweeping brush and it was gone and nobody talked about it anymore. And that was it. And nothing happened. And the rich didn't get eaten and the fucking, the, the lads didn't, Apple didn't pay their taxes and we didn't all get a distribution of wealth and everyone's class and we all got fucking Gucci runners. Like none of that happened. And them lads just went off and had a wash and a Coke and shut the fuck up. That's it. And that'll happen with Extinction Rebellion. That'll happen with movements in the future and has happened in the past. Like these things aren't changing because you're all, not ye particularly, not, <laughs> ye fucking cork. And get your finger out. Ye all, t everybody is stuck in that thing of like, just, I can't, couldn't say, I can't say anything about that. What do you think? How many people have been here and seen somebody hitting her missus or her missus hitting the fella and we're like, oh, I, can't, I can't get into that. Or seeing somebody going like, or in a I don't know if you have it with car taxi drivers, Dublin taxi drivers traditionally would be like, I'm not racist now, boy. <laughs> I had this black lad in the car. Jesus. And like, we'd all be like, yeah, Jesus, black lad, Will Smith, oh, fucking Prince. Whoop, Like it doesn't, you're not going to fucking take him on because you know you're not going to change his mind in like 14 euros worth of taxi after a few scoops. You're like, you're pretty set your ways, bro, and I'm in the back seat. Like, it's grand. Um, has anybody had an experience like that where you're like, I'm standing up for my principles? They're feeling like you're getting flack, this lady? What's your name again? Emma. Hi, Emma. Uh, just kind of going back in the taxi thing, back during the referendum with uh, the abortion referendum, got in a taxi and came up conversation because it posted everywhere. And at the Which end referendum the, is this now? The abortion referendum. Okay, yeah. Um, but at the end of the like, we were talking and we both kind of established that we were never going to change each other's opinions, mm. but it was kind of it's nice. Support the conversation. It was ex exactly that. We just had a conversation. At the end of it, we both left, both like shook hands and was like, because he told me about like why he was voting no yeah. and his like, no, his granddaughter that he has now and he loves so much and all this thing. Probably a very personal story. Exactly, it was a very personal story. And, Pathos. And it was that I was at the end of it, I was like, I'm not going to change your mind. I'll have to. But I said at that moment, I could have just sat there and nodded and said, oh, yeah, yeah. But I was like, no, this is why I am voting to repeal it. Mm. This is this. And he was like, very, he was listened to what I had to say. And at the end of it, no one changed opinions, but... I think it was good for each of us to hear another side of it. Yeah, I think the, the media's responsible, especially Irish media, they have this like remit that they have to have like a super balanced conversations and all about this stuff. But I don't think that's the case. In reality, it doesn't work out that way. But stuff like podcasts, like there's like eight podcasts released about repeal and apparently they did their job because everybody who needed to know about stuff went and listened to it. And I don't think there was like, a 61-year-old man from, like, Newton Abbey going, like, oh, I'm going to listen to this now, repeal. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, Tara Flynn, yeah, yeah, fair play to her, oh, yeah. Like, no, like, that's not happening. So the message isn't getting to the people that it needs to get to. And you're not changing minds with a, with a taxi ride, but you could change minds with something like a long-form conversation on a podcast or maybe on a, you know, a, a YouTube video or even, like, let traditional television have a go at it. Um, this beautiful lady here around the corner at the bar, very good looking girl there. 
I promised myself I wouldn't comment, but I have to weigh in. Yeah, just on Emma's point there, um, I just because of the, you know, the content you're talking about right now, I really felt amongst my peers who are like late 30s, there's no one I wonder, um, late 30s, early 40s. And in that referendum and the one before, but I think it, like I think the equality re referendum was much more clear cut. Um, even in WhatsApp groups of friends that I'd had for like 20 or 30 years, like people left groups and it was because they weren't allowed to use their voice. Mm. Like there was one message that was acceptable and anybody else's voice wasn't respected. And like, I wouldn't agree with the tax driver either, but I respect that I have peers and relatives and a 65 year old neighbor who has a different opinion and that's okay. And I can have a conversation with him and I can know that I'm never going to agree, but, but I don't agree with that person being silenced because that's the fucking reason that we're in a democracy. Yeah. And if you're not allowed to use your voice and you're not allowed to vote or you have to pretend you're voting a different way, there's something wrong. It's like communist China type vibes. Like, so yeah, no, I voted for dear leader. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed my whole Anyway, that's my two cents. Thanks, I think there. there was somebody else's what hand was up there. Maybe. Uh, we're not getting into like abortion stuff now. It's just like the, <laughs> the whole, the whole, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, Cut, cut this conversation short before it comes to term. It's this is where we're, thank you. We are, we are, so it's not viable. It's only gone off for about six minutes. Go, this lady here. Hi, um, it's just uh, while you're talking about how people have opinions on other people's lives, I just think who gives a shit? You shouldn't care. Just let the other person have their opinion and do it. Like I went to see the Joker last week and I, suffer badly from depression and anxiety. We're going to talk about it in a minute. Uh, sorry, um, but like I had to walk out because I found it too hard. I t thought it was amazing. Yeah, it was really was, long. It's incredible, but I had to walk, I couldn't for myself because I was in a bad place at, at that time. Uh, fine, that was grand. But I was reading comments. Are you going to go see it in a better place than next Yeah, week? I'll just watch it at home. Cinema? I'll just watch right. it at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, like I was just reading comments and the comments made me so upset and angry because they're all like oh snowflakes who can't go because people were who do suffer from mental illness like yeah. this, like um couldn't watch it and that's like why do they care like and why am i a snowflake because i have a disease in my brain um i just i just think it's so unfair and make it just made me really angry so i just we'll talk about that later on and okay. i don't think and i don't mean to like un undo the thoughts you've had about it yeah and say that you maybe misunderstood it but I think there was uh, a push from the media to silence the popularity of that movie okay. because I, th I think it dealt with a mental health oh, narrative incredible. viscerally oh, it was incredible. and very, very well. Yeah. You might watch it at home on your own oh, on a good yeah. day yeah. and you exactly. get through it and you'd be like, that was fucked up and awesome. It was, you know? yeah. No, it was incredible. Yeah. But the people online are saying snowflakes can't handle it. Yeah. That's a direct response to how the media represented mm. what the content of that movie. We'll yeah. talk about it. Okay. Um, anyone else want to talk about flack, getting flack, talking about them five filters of propaganda, feeling squashed, feeling like you're not able to talk Chloe from Monaghan in the front. <laughs> I'm actually it is Chloe, gonna, isn't it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to derail the conversation I'm about to take back a second. Do it. Okay, I just want... Chloe's dropping an N-bomb. Here we go. <laughs> no, I just want your opinion on, do you think 
Oh, no, we're not doing questions there. Don't go mad. It's not really a question. It's a statement with a question mark at the end of it. Mm. (laughs) Do you think... Like, pints? (laughs) Pints, that's my question, yeah. Um, I think that there's a class divide in the environmental discussion. Uh Uh-huh. But people going into pennies, blaming the freaking working class for buying fast fashion and all that shit, when it's like, excuse me, that's all I can afford. I'm on the dole. And it's giving them Bangladeshi lads loads of work. <laughs> okay, yeah. I like. love making these <laughs> fake Ramones t-shirts <laughs> for pennies. <laughs> okay, well, not on that side of it, obviously. Like, yeah. But, um, but you're being made feel guilty because yeah. you're shopping in pennies. But it, yeah, but that's, I think there's Recently? a conspiracy no, in that derailing the conversation. The, yeah. I think it's the middle class people going, oh my God, like only buy off Depop because it's ethical. Excuse me, that's 40 quid for a t-shirt. No. I can't afford to be ethical, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But sure we can't. But a lot of people are like that about food. Yeah. And that's in Ireland, point. I think we're blessed with the level of quality that we have in our meats and in our food produce because there's regulations and stuff there that were put in years ago. And, you know, thanks be to God that they're still there now. Do you know, thank you, <laughs> Father. Um, in England... Quality meat stuff is not that good. It's produced in a, I, I don't say unethical way. Like some of the, the prepackaged foods like are dog shit. They're filled with muck. And in America, forget about it. Like that, they're fucking gluing like cow's eyelids together with like meat glue and then going, yeah, it's a nice steak. What are you going to do? Fucking eat it. It's warm. Like, you know, it's not the, the, the way that people spend money on stuff is definitely part of it. You're right. It's a class issue. But the people who are in the lower class are also seemingly the ones that are out gluing themselves to the road because they know that it's not sustainable. They know that that shit is going to end eventually. And it's going up. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, okay, I want to get into some stuff. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think we talked about that. We can bounce through it. Like the satanic panic, it's a moral panic that's going on right now. We all heard of the satanic panic where like, oh, fucking Marilyn Manson and, you know, all this stuff. In the 80s, it was huge, and uh, they were very worried about the kids. The kids were doing stuff like playing records backwards and smoking marijuana cigarettes. Like any other time in history, like 15 years before, fucking the lads in Happy Days were, you know, out in the field covered in muck, uh, taking acid, do you know? Like it's a, it's a, real, um, a real method of control, this, this moral uh, absolutism, this uh, uh, emotional manipulation. And it's been seen to work again and again. They kind of threw it off in the 90s. Uh, 9-11 fucked up the whole cycle in the mid-2000s. It's like, well, the brakes are off, like, let's go. And in uh, the last maybe six or seven years, it has come back, this uh, moral compulsion to behave, to think about how your actions could offend somebody else. Monitor what you're saying. Make sure you don't offend anybody. Like this is, it's the start of the ruination of intellectual discussion and dialectic. People can't talk to one another. We're all just on our own. And for anybody out there that's like, and I'm listening at home, uh, loneliness is not being on your own. Loneliness is feeling like you've nobody in your life or around you. You can be in a room full of people and still be lonely. And I think this is a fucking loneliness engine that's happening. Um, 
this being, you know, life, not this show, uh, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about protected classes and the ADL and stuff like that. So I want to talk about, very quickly, uh, leftism and, and, and this leftist politics as, as a, a form of religion. It's dogmatic. You can't argue against it. They have their absolutes. Uh, they are, you know, they're cult members. They're, they're, they're no less devout. They uh, have a, a set script that you're not allowed to deviate from. They have principles that you're not allowed to question. And because it's hidden behind this veil of uh, emotion and feeling and vagueness and, you know, um, uh, n like non-objective construction, you can't take it apart. You can't go, well, this is this. Someone's like, I feel this way. And you're like, well, pff, I can't fucking, <laughs> how do I, I can't, unless I like cut a hole in your head and like, look, maybe Jeffrey Dahmer had something. Um, just try and look in, see what you're thinking. Um, there, uh, it's your, uh, yeah, no, I haven't got time to talk about that. Um, yeah, I've only got a couple of minutes. Okay, so this, this religion of the left, this dogmatic construction of public discourse is absolutely um, short-sighted. It's going to end up with a lot of disaffected people. It's going to end up with a lot of people who are going to react just as viscerally as those lads gluing themselves to the floor in London. People, people will respond, and uh, they do. And this movie was the, uh, I think, the embodiment of the mainstream media's agenda to promote a violent action through the fear of uh, you know flack and all the stuff that we talked about, all that all that stuff before. Like we're gonna, we're, it's a it's a pressure cooker of pathos. It's a pressure cooker of emotion, of the inability to feel like you belong. You are, you know, uh, disparate from society. Society doesn't want you. You are on your own. You are alone, and the thoughts that you have are morally illegal. The things that you think should not be in anybody's head. And you can't talk to anybody else to find out if anyone else has any fucking common ground with you. So you, it just all rattles around. And then you get this fucking shit. So there was a massive media push to say, there's going to be a, there's gonna be a mass shooting at one of these Joker screenings, lads. Be careful. They had police, took dozens of police in cities all over America out at the front of the thing, like, remember the James Holmes Aurora shooting, the Batman shooting, we did an episode on it? Like, he wasn't even dressed as the Joker. And they were like, oh, yes, Batman, he was dressed as Joker, red hair, that's what it is. So they were conjuring up images of that, putting James Holmes' face up there, because it's like, remember that shit? Remember how he felt about that shit? People were like, good, get the police at the thing. So there's like dozens of police all in like fucking body armor, like this out in front of the cinemas, everywhere. And then the news went, yeah. Hey, Hegelian dialectic. They said, there's going to be a shooting. And then everybody went, well, if there's going to be a shooting, you better put the police out in front of every cinema. And then the police went out in front of every cinema. And then the news went, look at how scared everybody is of a shooting. It's definitely going to happen. Look at how many police there are. Like, it's fucking crazy how people fell for it. Right? And incel was the word that was thrown around. Involuntarily celibate. Have we got anybody in? Anyone in? <laughs> that's, that's shaking hands with Pam and her five sisters. Anyone who, anyone who wants to have sex but can't and they're just shy of a raping? 
That's what they say these people are. They're at home just cooking up a rape, growing a beard on their neck, and fucking pulling their guts out, right? And they're going, oh, I want to have sex so bad, I'm going to kill people. It's like, have you tried rape first? Because that's it's less damaging uh, to a cinema full of people. These guys are being held up as like enemy number one. White, straight, internet dwelling, fat, bearded, bespeckled, all black wearing. <laughs> Wait a minute, no. They the guys, they don't have sex and not having sex drives them so crazy that they're ready to go and watch this movie, identify with this guy and go out and shoot a lot of people. And if anyone has seen the movie, it's absolutely not the case. That is absolutely not what's happening, but the mainstream media don't want you to watch this movie so much that they're willing to tell lies that are so easily disprovable and yet so widely spread and gleefully broadcast on these news stations. Who's watched the movie? Hands up. Okay, not that many. <laughs> when you watch it, think back to this shit and laugh your whole off. They put it out. They put it out that this guy was a single white man without a lover, living, I know, I know, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, right? Living in a house with his ma, you know, giving his ma a bath, like weird shit. And then he, he was a clown and he was working as a clown in, this, in Gotham City. He got the shit kicked out of him a bunch of times. His, his mate gave him a gun. Then he's on the train, he has a, 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 a psychological disorder that makes him laugh when he feels bad. And he's laughing and these three lads are like singing a weird show tune at him or whatever. And then they start to bait the shit out of him and he fucking shoots the three of them. And it starts this whole big uh, movement in the city where people are like, oh my God, there's a killer clown on the loose. There's a killer clown on the loose, right? And then they go to Thomas Wayne, who's Bruce Wayne's father, very rich man, who's gonna be running for mayor, super powerful dude. <laughs> no, like, this is in the fucking trailer, man. Watch the trailer. They go to Thomas Wayne, and Thomas Wayne goes, can you imagine if you paid tickets to go and hear me describe a movie? That'd be crazy. <laughs> Opening scene. <laughs> Rawr! That's the lion in the middle of the thing. Um, <laughs> all right. So Thomas Wayne says, oh yeah, they're all clowns. All these poor people who are protesting. They're all clowns. And that, that was Hillary Clinton calling all the Trump supporters a basket of deplorables. So they all went, oh, we're, de <laughs> we're deplorable, are we? We'll show you, bitch. And silently, and without telling anybody, they were all like, yeah, yeah, I'm voting for Hillary. <laughs> the fucking polls came in, 97%. She was getting on CNN. They were like, oh, woman president. And then, lo and behold, we got Trump. In the movie, Everybody dressed as clowns going, we are clowns. We adopt that. You're calling us this thing. You're demeaning us. When we see three rich dudes killed by a normal guy because they were attacking him. That's what the movie is hinged upon. Not a guy who's left out of society who's like, I'm going to get revenge. It's a, a, an elite war between the rich people of Gotham and the poor people of Gotham. And he's uh, seen as a hero. So it's absolutely not what the news is saying. And they are putting this out as a white supremacist dog whistle, because he's white. But it's so easily disprovable, because you just watch the film. And it's so disprovable. Do you know what I mean? So like, this is one of the things, when you watch that movie, like watch a bunch of the news reports on YouTube about it, and then watch the movie and be like, 
You're shaking your head. Is that, is that right? Wow. What I'm saying? You're laughing. Did, did I ruin the movie for you? All right, sorry. He was laughing too hard. Did I ruin the movie for you? No. All right, cool. Have you watched it already? No. All right. Are you going to watch it? And nobody said that. Well, can you get that man a microphone? First of all, right, you have that exact guy that plays the Joker, okay? Yes, sir. Jackman Phoenix, who's gone through a depressing life, right? Lost his brother to drugs, the whole lot. Yeah. You have a guy that, right, he plays the part extremely well. Now, lads, anyone that goes sees that movie has a different perspective on everybody, okay? Anyone that suffers from mental health issues, anger issues, it has a serious... I left that movie upset. Yeah, same. I left that movie as in, like, whoa. Society is changing rapidly. People are changing rapidly. Do you think that that was a, a very accurate reflection of the 100%. society that we live as in right now? As a massive Batman fan down the years, he plays that part extremely well because yeah. the Joker's lonely. He's lonely until he finds Harlequin. Everybody knows that, any Batman fans. That movie is disturbing. It's still... When I saw that picture, well, I was like, please don't show me that picture because like, it left me in the horrors going to work on that Sunday night. <laughs> I was literally going, and they laughed, and I laughed, ha, 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 ha. I was in bits, literally at work, couldn't pull up with it, like, from, like, from, I started working at 11, I was like, nah, I'm never going to watch that movie again, it's a once-off. But it, it does concentrate on a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety issues, like, so. And it, sh it shows it really accurately, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, like, it shows that mentality really accurately, but it all, it, like, Joaquin Phoenix was able to embody somebody who is trying to fit in, who's trying to wear a smile even though inside there's no fucking smiles. But what the mainstream media is trying to conflate is that somebody who's like that is evil. Somebody who feels like that, who is um, like balled up, they want to say some shit. I know I have time now, I go. They want to say some shit, they want to talk, they want to reach out. And, and he tried in the movie a couple of times to reach out to people. But because of whatever internal stigma was going on or whatever, whatever, you know, barriers to communication that was put on him, he couldn't. And then the mainstream media comes along and says, and that's why you should never watch it, because it's fucking evil. That movie is evil. When somebody who knows what it's about goes and watches it, and they're like, oh yeah, that made me feel a certain way. And there's now like a little culture war online about the contents of the movie where the mainstream is going don't watch it it's hyper violent it's absolutely not hyper violent there's like three people killed in it Com put it into perspective compare right? it to i didn't know i still had the microphone jesus yeah, christ put it into perspective <laughs> all right this, this won't make you laugh right my father right uh, go on PhD. don't be long now because all right this will be quick go. my father's a phd and in you plug your podcast at the all end. Right? phd in sociology my father has yeah, right yeah. so everything you go see with this man he analyzes it you come home you could be sad you're depressed you're this you're that Going to see that movie was absolute mental torture for me with that man because he was like, I'm going to give my opinion. He was like, no, 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 no. You're reading it wrong. You're reading it wrong. 25 years ago, it was done by a very famous actor, Pacino. Anyone see Taxi Driver? Yeah. Before Jacqueline Phoenix touched that movie, he copied Pacino, everything. That movie is basically reading it's, it. It's, it's Taxi Driver mixed with... Um, 100% Batman. Uh, uh, what's the other one with De Niro in it? Uh, where he kidnaps... What's it called? King of Comedy. It's yeah. two, those two movies put 100%. together. 100%. Well, like, what I took from it, when you put into it, is like, it's still a Batman movie, lads. It's yeah. still, still not your life. You know, no matter how hard things get, you always come out of it. You know, at the end, he's, he made loads of friends, you know, he got locked up in an asylum, sorted. Five dinners five a day, you know? But um, and it's, it's, it's a real privilege to have Blind Boy here to tell us all about the, the, 
That's, that's a Cork accent, is it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> thanks, man, thanks, man. Uh, you want to plug your podcast, or hmm? have you got a podcast? No, I don't have a podcast. You should start one, you should start one, man. Really? Yeah, 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 do it. I've been talking so much about Max Faber on Caramark, so... Do whatever you want. <laughs> so that, that's kind of it. Like, I, I, I'm out of time. I'd love to talk to you more. You know, like, we're not here for seven hours. But I think that um, going forward, we all should watch out for that, like, little voice inside your head that's telling you shit that you don't like or that you don't agree with or that you want to fight against. Because that's not your voice. Somebody else put that voice there. That's, that's something else, do you know? That's telling you like, oh no, you're not able to do that, or this is this is bullshit, or that person doesn't like you, or that looks rotten. Like, you should only you should be your own biggest fan. And if there's something else going on, there's another script going on in there. Somebody else put that shit there, and the best of us are trying to figure out what that shit is. Mainstream media has a lot to answer for. Try and keep your minds open. We're going to be doing season eight from November on. There's another eight episodes to release between now and the middle of November, including Agenda 21 and a couple other ones that we've talked about tonight. It's about seven, eight hours each, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Value for money. Value for money. Um, so yeah, does, does uh, anybody have uh, uh, any burning questions that I can answer real quick before we go? Yeah, you, sir. <laughs> that lady that you're with just went... <sighs> No, she, she doesn't like you being the spotlight. So no, no. Are you a fan of the show? Have you listened to the podcast? I've never listened to the show. Okay, that's probably why you were like chawing your fucking fist for the last five minutes. You're like, <laughs> no, go I just on. wanted to ask you. Yeah, um, is, there, is, your, is your lady a fan of the show? She isn't, but. I haven't heard it. All right, cool. So you just came in like raw. We just, we yeah. just literally yeah. walked with Fair play. Here. All right, go on, yeah. Um, now, I just wanted to ask a question because, like, I was saying to my girlfriend that I don't have any social media. Like, I don't, I'm not on social media at all. Good view. I don't understand what it's like to be in that world that you live in. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. or that people would live in that they have, you know, they would feel like they're marginalized for the things that they say. Whereas, like, I sort of, the people that I talk to would either disagree with you or agree with you there and then, but it wouldn't get heated or aggressive. So I'm not really, I don't really understand where it is that you come from. I, I put it to you like this then. Years ago, it was like when you're in the pub and you're having a few scoops, the two things you don't talk about is religion and politics. Yeah. That's the same thing on a worldwide scale. You say some shit in the pub, fucking this and that, whatever. You say that and someone will be like, I take issue with that comment, my pedigree chum, right? <laughs> you have it out with him, short-term thing, maybe three, four people listen to it. If you say some shit, like Ashley going like, black women should be lighter colored or whatever you were saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stop being so brown and making me look so white. <laughs> Spend a fortune time. Um, if it, it was a very small, concise interaction and only a few people heard it. And they're not going to home and be like, dear diary, this lad said this. But when you say some shit on Twitter, the fucking world can see it forever, forever. That's the difference. So, so at that point then, what is it, um, what is it, how much is it worth what you actually say then on Twitter? Like, how, like does it even mean anything at that point then? If you, if you come out and say an opinion, yeah. Like you say, I agree with this or I disagree with it. How much is that even worth then at that point? If you're putting out to an oversaturated world. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a ideological so fiat so, currency. So many, so many people yeah. that disagree or agree with it. It's an and, ideological fiat currency. It only holds as much value yeah. as everybody is willing to yeah. cooperate and put so into it. Whether, whether you're wrong or right, like, that's what I don't understand. It. And what, how much is it even like if I stand in front of a mirror and say, whatever, 
you know, it's it's worth 100% to me. Yeah. But then if I put that out into the world and every single person disagrees with me. Yeah. So I mean, I can still go home and look at the mirror and say that thing to myself and it's still worth more. But after a while, maybe you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, no, I understand that. Or that's maybe why, that's you're not the type of person who would, even after one time somebody yeah. saying something to you, crumble like a wet cake. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. And maybe you're stronger for not going on social media because you don't yeah. feel like maybe you need the validation of millions of strangers or the possibility of fame or the possibility of success and to get out of your humdrum life, to be recognized, to be put on a platform or just to have thousands of people agree with you. That's a real nice feeling. Like, I fucking, that, that gives yeah. me hard nips. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's nice. It's not, but those conspiracy guys, it's not a vanity project, do you yeah. know? Oh, no, I think Irish people are, are Dino's on again here. Going. <laughs> you have to get you your own mic, Dino. He's like, he's like, give uh, me that. Go give on. me up there with you. Um, listen, God, I, I think Irish people are actually like level-headed when it comes to that stuff. It's, a lot more than it's other the rest people. of the world. That, well, like, what are we listening to? Somebody? They're off the wall. I'm not joking. Oh, like everyone takes everything personally, and you know, I, Irish people kinda, can Ireland's slay each other like, and have a laugh. Some. And well, 90% not, of Irish people about, I've met. Uh, 97, I don't know about, I don't know about 90% man. 90% of I've met. Because think about it, what we, would, what we would imagine as old people, all oh, them old people, they're all like, oh, they don't know what we're living like. Like old people when we were 20 years ago, they're all fucking dead now. Like we're all in our 20s, 30s. In, in 15 years, we'll be old people. Like the fucking world is moving on. There's an awful lot of people, a lot more coming up that are much younger, that are much more easily manipulated by the media, that are of absolutely diametrically opposed political uh, ideologies to most of us here coming up with shit that we don't even fucking, couldn't even imagine yet. That, that's that's going to be the future. Like, we're all going to have to fucking pick around that and find out what's going on, trying to figure out these kids. Like, we've all that ahead of us. No, but listen, Gordo, I agree with you, like, with that, but, like, listen... It's not, it's like, not easy going A lot of anymore. countries, you can't even have the discussions that Irish people can have. Yeah. We can have a lot of discussions openly about stuff like this, where you go to, like, America and all, they lose the plot. Yeah. You know? You know yourself, even, like, even England or Germany, like, you get arrested in England for saying some shit I said tonight. But, to take home... Anybody else have any questions real quick? Anything not considered what we were doing tonight? Do anyone want to ask me what color my jocks are? Okay, no, we're finished? All right. So, uh, to take home, keep your mind open, discourse, talk to each other, be kind, and uh, thanks very much for coming and listening.